Hello, welcome. Hello, welcome Sorry. to <laughs> Random. Fuck. I've read it again. I know. It's this is how it goes. Hello, welcome to Random Access Memories. I'm joined by this week by well, a legend in the podcast world, quite frankly, Mr. Tristan O'Field. Hello, how are you doing, sir? Hello, mate. I'm fine. How the devil are you? <sighs> Cracking on, you know. <laughs> what you mean, getting old? Oh, or that. just getting on with things? Both. Both. I'm uh, definitely well, old. Old is inevitable. Old sucks. I know. I'm 39 now. Ooh, the the fuck is that? The f- don't say it. That was that was never meant to happen. I know. <laughs> I can, can we just put me put us back in the box? Start again. Yeah. The really depressing so it, thing is, I was about 26 when we started podcasting. 25, oh, 26. Just young, full of hope. Yeah. Life's beating that out of me now. But anyway, yeah. So I see all these, all these like young ones around me that I work with. It's like, oh, life hasn't crushed you yet. Yeah, it will. It will. Anyway, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. We're here to talk about computer games in the past, which is always good. So we start off. How old are you? What year were you born? And where did you grow up? I was born in 1981. I was born in Red Hill in Surrey, and I grew up all over the world. Because okay. I'm an ass. Because I'm an asshole. I wasn't going to say it, but you know. Yeah. So, so do you remember the first game you ever played? It was probably Digger. It was probably Digger, a game called Digger or Zaxxon, on an old uh, 086 that we had. Okay. Or a, a, a brand new 086 at the time in the, with a five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Yes, they were fun. They were fun. It was also <laughs> the, and the computer and the computer was enormous. Like the de- the the hard drive itself was probably, or at least the, the the unit I don't know was probably about the same size as one of those Betamax like tape recorders. Yeah. Like it was huge, it took up the whole desk. And now imagine if you opened it up, there was probably only about three circuit boards inside it, and it was mainly space. So many of the things of the time were just space. And I, I think you and I both know this because we were probably had a habit of taking things apart. Yes, yeah. And, <laughs> and luckily, in most cases, getting them back together as well. Yeah. Sometimes with a, a pile of unrecognizable pieces left over. But I mean, they weren't necessary anyway. Exactly. Um, and, and so, yeah, everything was just so full of fucking space now. Um, it's true. It's not like the iPhones now where you open up and there's literally like they're a work of art. And there literally isn't a gap anywhere unless I, it's a few nanometers. I wouldn't fucking dare. Right? <laughs> I just wouldn't dare. I have been brave enough to take the bottom off my MacBook Pro recently uh that's about as far as i'll go with with the apple stuff now that that's yeah not getting into that there is a soldering iron in the house now so i might in the future but we'll we'll see so oh, just just sounds dangerous i i said so and i i thought that's why i hadn't been allowed one but allison bought one for herself it's like well you know yes, i can use that she's responsible oh. I I, th- I I think that's you. You're buying into the propaganda there, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I know you. Yeah, but you you also know, don't forget. Alison's one of the few people in the world who once set their head on fire during a live podcast. 
So, and of course, you're doing kind of modeling stuff now, aren't you? Which means that you've become, you've got more dexterity. Well, I, actually, no, I, get, I got rid of all the modeling stuff. I, I, okay. I only lasted God, a few it's been months. a long time since we've talked. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't last long with the modeling stuff, to be fair. It, it was frightfully dull. Do you know what did me in? I bought, uh, I got like this enormous model of a Lufthansa uh, 747, something like that. And it had a thousand tiny little wheels because those right. planes do. And it was like, right, sit and paint the outside black and the inside silver. Now repeat that 200 times and you've got the wheels. And I, I did the first one. And I just thought, fuck this. And last <laughs> it. That's it. And then they collected dust for a bit, and then I gave them all to my dad. Well, you can't say that you didn't try. No, I can't, but uh, I didn't try. So <laughs> this this 8086 thing, the, this early PC, mm. that's, that's very early PC stuff. Yeah, it wasn't. The only thing I can remember is it wasn't a BBC, because I remember taking the because the, when I then went back to the UK, uh, my village, you know, all the village schools or all the primary schools had BBC computers. Yeah. And I, of course, they all had five and a quarter inch drives as well. And that was the first time I learned about incompatibility because I thought, oh, well, of course it fits. Therefore, I can play this game and then was very disappointed to find that I couldn't. To be fair, most other things that do that are like that, though, like. VHS tapes worked in every VHS recorder. And, yeah, and true, so on. True. Uh, true. Toast so, went in every toaster. Exactly. Cassettes in every cassette player. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, so uh, that was when I learned about incompatibility. And then so therefore I could only ever play that game when um, when we'd fly back to, to Africa. And I right. used to want to go back so that I could be in the beautiful country, but spend all of it inside playing mm. on my computer. That was what we did. It's why we're all so pasty. It's true. It's true. <laughs> of all the people I've talked to on the show so far, not good skin on any of them, including me. <laughs> just yeah, you're, yeah. You're, let's not talk about your skin. Yeah, we're all we're all recluse and just in the dark with the curtains closed. It reflects on the screen. Got to have the <laughs> curtains closed. It's so, true. So when did you sort of like proper get into gaming then? Um, I mean, it depends how you define it. Like, I, I was never allowed a console at home. Um, so my parents bought into this whole thing of, oh, you've got to be able to work on it too. And I wasn't as smart as you and the other people who kind of got the Amstrads and things going like, oh, look, it's got a keyboard, you know, really, when they were really buying it just so that they could play games. Um, so I, I managed to get myself, my first console was an Atari 2600. Right. But it, but it, I was about... 10 or 11 when i got it like i bought it at a car boot sale for about a fiver with a load of games that's yeah that's very late yeah it is. That no, that was when, like, no everybody else hadn't everybody else had uh master systems and nezes and i had an atari 2600 still i hear people have some wonderful memories about that i adored it i absolutely adored it i even like i i unwittingly came across et the the infamous the, the sort of e. atari but and and of course not knowing anything about it but wanting to play it because look there's et on it and i can literally remember plugging it in and lasting about 10 minutes and going well 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 this is awful and then taking it out and never <laughs> playing it again yeah there, there's um, a, a documentary on netflix at the moment uh called something like easy to pick up difficult to master which is about the history of atari 
And okay, I've not seen that one. It's very interesting. I recommend it a lot. Um, and they talk about, you know, what was the Atari designed to do from a hardware perspective? And they're like, it was designed to move five pixels left and right. And we were always amazed that anybody really made it do anything. Jesus. Uh, was pretty much what they said. So, you know, E.T. E is a bad game. It's famous as a bad game, but I don't think it's like really the worst game of all time. Oh, it really is. It but really is absolutely diabolically bad. I think it, it depends how you define a bad game because there, there are games that just don't work and, and things like that that, that you well, know, what, what, they literally what, I mean, are unplayable. What, they, I mean, what's more, what's more famous for being shite than E.T.? I mean, there was no point to it. You just kind of fell down holes and couldn't get out again uh, you know it's what it's what it's what happens when you don't realize that games are an art form and you say to all your workforce oh yeah we need to have this out in like six weeks yeah um if you can, if you can name me a game that's worse i'm going to be thinking about this now okay well we'll come back to it we'll come back to it Did, now does does i had like after that i i had a, a commodore 64 uh, which again was bought secondhand, but like, when does the get? When, when did the Game Boy come into it, to existence? Let, let me double. Was that like eight? Was that like eighty nine? I want to say eighty eight actually. I, I but okay. I'm, gone, I'm I'm Wikipediaing it now. Uh, cool. Eighteen. Oh right, launched in Japan in eighty nine. Oh, it's taking me to the fucking Nintendo page. No, I want. Hang on. And uh, no, that's taking me to Google. What are you doing? To Google are ruining me. <laughs> They keep showing me the the thing I want, and then loading lots of adverts. So I click the wrong thing. Where's so I think like around the, basically around that time of like eighty eight uh, of eighty nine ninety. Um, yeah, I had the I had the Game Boy, and that was kind of my my thing of choice. And because it, it was my like it was you had you know all the fast loading cartridges that the Atari had. Didn't have to wait for twelve years with the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I tell you how long I had the Commodore sixty four. I had that all the way up to Final Fight came out on the Commodore sixty four. Did it really? My it God, it did. And I, I it was I swear to God about half an hour like to actually load the game and the delay between like pressing a button and physically seeing the action happen on the console was unbelievable. It was so slow. Wow. I found, yeah, there's footage of it on YouTube. You, do you realize as well, you are, I, I've, I mean, this is what episode 10 of the show and I've, I've spoken to, so I've spoken to nine other people besides you. And on every episode, I found myself saying, no one I knew had a Commodore 64. No one I knew had an Atari 2600. And I didn't know you were there the whole time. Yeah, well, the like, thing is, but I did, you know, I got them very, very late. You know, I mean, what was an Atari 2600 when it came out? Like 100 quid, 200 quid? I mean, I'm sure it was incredibly expensive. I, I think they were sort of around the 99 pound mark, but then that's... See, that was a lot of money Yeah, back that's, then. that's eight, 1980. 99 pounds which is a shit ton of money yeah that's that's huge uh so uh, yeah well, i stayed with that for stayed with that yeah all the way up to final fight so that's when i mean by then the mega drive was out the oh we were into a couple of generations of games of the super nintendo by then yeah um, yeah so i was i was behind a lot of people 
in terms of the the race well it, it's I, I i understand that there would have been probably frustration with that at the time but it's kind of gone away now um with being behind things i i think we're you know this is probably the retro gaming thing coming back in as well now um i, I realize that i'm sort of consoling a young you for being behind the times at the time which is silly well, it balanced out but what was really funny is i'd always i never thought that i'd really had that many machines growing up you know that weren't pcs and i sat down like to just write out a couple of notes before i was like started talking to you and so the, the list started getting sort of a bit bigger i was like oh this is this is a bit embarrassing now this is way more than i ever thought oh god do we count are we counting like pc boxes and stuff like that or are we looking at consoles or is it well about uh, the games it's, it's more about the games but i mean individual <sighs> pc boxes Oh my god! I had a it's PS1 it's, and a, it, it, it's so. sort of like PC is a platform in itself, so it's yeah. you know that's that's more the thing there. Um, okay, but yeah, the the Game Boy stuff as well that you had. Um, I'm because I'm well into the portable gaming thing at the moment. Um, how long did you have that for? I still have it. You still have it. I still have it. Uh, I, it's in a box. I don't play with it anymore, but I still have it. Generation one as well. Like one of the very first biggest bulky ones with the white front and the, the kind of maroonish like A and B buttons. But I used to play, I used to play that with my friend Kane in Zambia. And we used to, we were addicted to Tetris as everybody was who had the Game Boy. Like it was the killer app, wasn't it? For yeah. that and Mario land. Um, and we used to play with the link cable between the two Game Boys. Yeah. So you're actually in challenge mode. And then so as soon as you dumped like five lines or so off your game, it would appear on your opponent's game. Absolutely. That's how I lose most games of Tetris these days. Ah, it was just so much fun. But the only downside was, you know, you took four AA batteries, which for handhelds, I mean, considered compared to the Game Gear and the the Atari Lynx and stuff, mm. you know, that was, it was still, it was, they, it had the best battery life. I think it worked out about 9p a minute when you were playing right. I see statistics from um, Games Master. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that show? Absolutely. I remember that yeah. show. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it was about 9p a minute, but you, you'd have to, if you were doing a really long, like if you'd say you were trying to complete like Mario land or something, you'd have to make sure that you put in a fresh set of batteries, like right at the very beginning. I think we, we forget about that with the batteries, you know, the switch can run out of power, but I can plug it in and keep playing while I'm, charging it as we can with everything these days but yeah you had to take the dead batteries out and that meant switching the game off and there was no cartridge save either yeah that didn't come to later in the little ones i think pokemon probably brought that in i'm guessing with the game boy there wasn't even a battery level indicator there was just a red light that said you've got power yeah and like slowly that would get dimmer and dimmer and the <laughs> the monochrome screen would just get you know more and more transparent you'd be like there go no as everything faded away Poor normally as you were boy. just about to complete the game for the first time I'd, I'd have bloody loved the game boy and I'm was, saying that as someone who had a Game Gear. Oh, are you kidding me? See, some of us would have fucking would have gone the other way around. Although their kind of killer app, apart from having Sonic, was was Columns, wasn't it? Yeah. And I could never get the hang of Columns. Yeah, we played just, hours of Columns. Really, it just looked like the inferior Tetris. It was in, in, in color. In in 
Actually, it feels unfair to call it an inferior Tetris. It's a, a Tetris-style game, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still fairly addictive. I've got, I've got the Game Gear version of it on the virtual console on my 3DS, and it's it's a go-to thing for time killing. Nice. Um, as is the Game Gear version of Sonic on there. Uh, but other than those two, the the game library of the Game Gear was not brilliant. I do, you know, the Game Boy had a lot more to it and a lot more sort of popular well, I mean, culture also, around it and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's been through all the different generations now as well because my missus has just bought, I think she's bought a, an Advanced, which is, I think is it like in four colours or something like that, but not full colour. I can't the, remember which particular model it is. Well, the, the Game Boy Advance was basically sort of a, a SNES with a bad screen on it. Okay. Um, slightly less powerful than an actual SNES, but yeah, I've actually been looking at those myself recently. Because um, we... At like Comic Con, and there's always uh, there's always like retro game booths as well, and the games are like a fiver each and stuff. You just imagine back when you were a kid, if the games had been a fiver, like it still would have been expensive, but you'd like just you'd been eating them. It's like, I just give me more, give me more, give me anything that you've got. Well, I yeah, I know because I discovered CEX's PS2 section, and I've been absolutely rinsing that because uh, they do so many like every PS2. You got PS2. Tristan, I've got one of everything here. <laughs> oh, I knew there's a reason why we're friends. Yeah, I, I've, I've got a complete PlayStation set at the moment. Ah, oh, incredible. Uh, but Absolutely also, incredible. Uh, Xbox, Xbox 360, Wii, GameCube. Yeah. Wii! Oh, sorry, I'm not thinking like, oh yeah, what else? Yep, nice one, thank you, mate. <laughs> yeah, so lots, yeah, but the PS2... Because it was, I had a weird relationship with the PS2 because it was yours. And it's, there's a slight odd difference. It, it was kind of like, so when uni came to an end, that was. I was confused. I was yeah. like, wait a minute, you got my PS2. What's going like, on? No, no. But the, the, the one I played on was your one that was in our yeah. house. Yeah. And and so I have weird memories of good games that I played for hours on a console I didn't own and never have. And it was it was just a case of I feel like I should get this stuff. What uh, did you get it for? How much did it cost? Oh, it was like twenty five quid. Oh, oh, that just that sounds incredible. That almost sounds like it's worth going to buy one uh, just to get more games. Yeah, it, it was so cheap. Uh, I'm. I paid full whack for that when I got it. I'm sorry, I realise we're running out of chronological order here, but I remember because my when we were at uni, my um, my gran had died, and I got through a load of inheritance from her. And one of, one of the first things I did was go out and buy a PS2 at full price. It was about I'm not sure it was 300 quid or it was definitely above 250. Yeah, I I remember gasping at how much you paid for it. But oh, I that hurts. Weren't they close to 400 when they came out? Oh, I don't know. I don't, think, that, UK... I don't think they were that expensive. But it was, like, I was very proud when I'd got it. I'm just seeing if I can find the UK launch price <clears throat> of the PS2. But, yeah, it was it was an awesome thing. And so I just, I wanted one. And if they're 25 quid each, which they basically are now, uh 
then it's it's easy to do. I'd know exactly how much, but for some reason, CEX's website isn't working. And we rinsed that one at uni. God. Oh yeah, it, it was my that- PS2 was was battered by the time it left. <laughs> so was my just Xbox. Through, yeah, just <laughs> through. Well, it was through two things, right? It was through sheer gaming, like sheer amount of playing, and the fact that Sturdy would fall asleep for about for about three months when he lived at our place. He fell asleep with DVDs in. And the, all night, the laser would skip back and forth as the menu would time out and loop. Yeah, it would. I forgot about that with the DVDs. I, I've never forgot about that because you wake, wake, <laughs> up, wake up hearing like the, the theme tune from Black Books on infinite repeat. Be like, oh, I've got to get up and stop this. I do have memories of being woken up by the, the sound of the controller vibration in the Xbox controllers <laughs> because you sat on the end of my bed playing halo <laughs> and you just wake yeah. up all right mate yeah all right, how are you doing do you want, do you want yeah. this yeah all right yeah it's, that is it. <laughs> oh my god i've forgotten that is so true yeah how time that is so change true. i'd go fucking ape shit if i woke up and he was sat at the end of the bed now be really well you'd be weird. freaked out to start with yeah um, um should we get back to the yeah, game I was boy say, where were we the game boy do you have any oh you'd mentioned tetris and uh, Super Mario yeah. Land. Let's Tetris m- and Super Mario are the two main ones that I can remember from that. Yeah. Let's, let's move on from the, the Game Boy era then. So you went to the okay. Commodore 64 until yeah. Final Fight came out. Yeah. I had that on the Amiga. Yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about I here? do. I do. And um, it was at that point that I sort of thought, yeah, this is, this is, this is as far as this can go. Yeah. Uh, so I bugged and bugged my parents to get me an Amiga 500. Right. And because it because it's got a keyboard, it's just like the C64, which of course I did all my work on for school. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly it's exactly the same. I don't think I typed a single letter on the Amiga 500. I remember sort of trying to find ways I could use it for schoolwork, but they're just weren't then there was just workbench and then you were just like nah there there was nothing to do with the school required no form of computer work and you couldn't very true and and there was no internet so you couldn't use it was like research or anything like that it was simply oh my god you mean there was a time when there was no internet it's weird isn't it but yeah yeah forgotten that time it oh was God, when you just so used odd. to have to know stuff, or if you didn't know the answer to something, you had to just you had to go somewhere know. to find out, or not know. Yeah, I, God, I couldn't it sleep. A, it was an archaic time. Yeah, it really was. Um, what was I saying? What were some of your favourite games on the Amiga then? Because you had one as well, didn't you? Have an Amiga six hundred. We had an Amiga six hundred that was like the family computer, and then the following Christmas, I got a twelve hundred as my. <gasps> My main had, Christmas present. Oh, I never knew anybody that had one of those. Yeah, I had the 1200. I, I think a lot of my friends had them. Um, that was a powerful machine, if I remember rightly. It was at the time, and it had the, the AGA graphics, uh, mm. which was, I can't remember the actual specs of it, but it was like double the colors on screen, and now you'd think, oh, great, 32 colors, brilliant, yeah. <laughs> um, but at, at the time, it was amazing. And I think we were playing things like... UFO Enemy Unknown. Uh, okay, yeah. I remember that one taking ages. But uh, 
you know, as I said before, we, we had every game because piracy was just the only way. And you, you know, we we got through so many packs of blank discs and shit like that. Yeah, I can't remember legitimately buying a game for the Amiga, like ever. I know we did. I know we had some, but they were a percent of of the game library that we had. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, I had. I think I bought Flashback. Remember Flashback, or in fact, I bought Another World. And I bought Flashback as well, the the, the kind of sequel to that. <laughs> Another um, World w- was a huge game when I got the Amiga because it had that animated intro sequence. Which was wicked. And it had the digital. It was always the... the t- yeah. Um, you know, when he's drinking. Yeah. Um, oh. I've still got the game. I bought it. It got re-released for a 25th anniversary edition uh, for, the, for the iPhone. Oh, yeah. I remember. So um, I got it, played it, and it's still awesome. Well, I that's my thing. I would watch the intro sequence, and then you, you move right into the first room where those little worm things jump up and kill you, and I'd just be killed. And I never got past that. You just had to sw- <laughs> swim up. There were, there were so many things that seem obvious now, but at the time, <laughs> it was just it was weird. And no one really, I don't... It was one of everyone had it, and everyone thought the intro sequence was cool. But I didn't know anyone who really the, spent much time playing it. The interesting—that's because it was the intro sequence. Um, but once you got past it, it was ah oh, the whole—it was another world. It was. It, it was. was no. There were some great puzzles in it. Uh, the animation was wicked. It had a. It had a, a good story to it as well. Um, it was challenging. It was frustrating to the point of you know throwing a joystick at the screen or tv then because it wasn't a monitor mm. like, remember that i thought that like i had to plug my I had to plug my amiga into my television see that was the key to me getting a tv in my bedroom of course it, i got it in via the amiga that was what? very kind of actually now thinking about it i think i did the same because tvs weren't cheap either no <laughs> they nothing, in fact tiny. nothing when we grew up was cheap it really wasn't. Well, because it was all new. But do, do you know, I'm looking, I've done a quick Google, like top 10 Amiga 1200 games. Go on then. Oh, tell me, tell and, me. Well, this is the thing. None of these, apart from, well, right, Worms. So, okay. Oh, yeah, I've got that's on my list. But Worms I, is brilliant. By the time Worms came out, I it seemed, oh, did we have that on the Amiga? I feel like we'd moved to the PC by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it had all that again. That was another game with cool animated cut sequences. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But they're also listing like Fighting Spirit, Alien Breed 3D. It was okay. Uh, Alien. Uh, see, the original Alien Breed uh, was was brilliant. Um, okay, go on then. Simon what the Sorcerer. I remember. I never played that, but I remember it existed. Um, one One Escape or On Escape. Never heard of it. No. XP8. Don't remember that. Whatever that Never is. Never heard of it. Star Trek 25th anniversary version. You see, yeah, these are all sort of... I had that on the PC. So did I. Um, I think. There, there was this awkward period. I mean, much like trying to put Final Fight on the Commodore 64 towards the end of the Amiga, when it just couldn't 
keep up with what PCs were doing. It and was they- just the loading. That's all. Because I had, I had, at the same time as I had the Amiga for, for like a, a house computer, we had a, a PC, like a 286, which was running Windows point three point one one. Yeah. And I had Wing Commander on there, the original Wing Commander, which is a flight sim that I've always adored. And that had, and I had it on the Amiga 500 as well. I bought it on the Amiga 500 later because my my PC, we had a black and white monitor. So I'd never seen that. Like I had Wolfenstein, I had um, like the original Wolfenstein, Wing Commander. I think, could it, I think it could play Doom if you made, if you shrunk the screen down you remember how you could do that to like yeah. speed up the frame rate? So I would have to play it on the smallest possible, the smallest possible screen, about the size of a Game Boy screen, but it was on a 13 or 14 inch monitor. <laughs> um, and then I could play it. So I thought, oh, why don't I really desperately want to play Wing Commander in color? I'll get it for the Amiga. And I, I picked it up secondhand from somewhere and it came on six discs. And I had to swap them just all the time, walk into a briefing, put the disc in, you're about to fly the mission, ejects, put the disc in. Like it was just so, it, it broke up the flow of the gameplay so much that I ended up, I prefer to play it in black and white on my PC because then I didn't have to wait. Yeah. I've found a better list of Amiga games here. There's some better stuff here. So it it oddly also starts with Worms and then Another World. But we also have Lemmings. Yes, of course. How did I forget Lemmings? Lemmings is classic. Um, I've forgotten all of these. And I think Lemmings will be more... I think more people will remember it as a PC game. But for for me, it was definitely an Amiga game. Uh, And it was one of that was one of the games that was on everything that could run a game. Yeah, agreed. Um, Speedball Two. Oh, Speedball Two! I've got that on my I've got that on my iPhone now. (laughs) Uh, Secret of Monkey Island, a timeless classic. See, I never I've never played Monkey Island, and I know that's sacrilege because it's one of the greatest games of all time. Everybody talks about it, and I missed I missed the opportunity. It's. Yeah, it is one of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah I, I do recommend it. But was that was that a Lucas Arts game? It was. It was a Lucas Back Arts game. When and they click. were synonymous with amazing adventure games. Yeah, and it had such a great sense of humor to it. Um, a really great game. Uh, Sensible soccer. Sensible soccer. I don't care, but I remember it. I I bizarrely played that for hours, despite an absolute hatred of football. So it can't have been a bad game about it. Yeah. Theme park. I had theme theme park, park. uh, wings. That was a game. I adored. I don't know. Wings. What was wings? Uh, A world World war two flight sim. World war one flight sim. Oh, okay. Uh, so biplanes and shit like that. Oh, that does sound fun. Uh, oh, and that's the end of this list. Hang on, it said top t- oh top ten. Yeah, I misread it. Yeah, so there there are ten Amiga games. Um, okay, because I mean, I, there was also a crossover with games like uh, games that were on the the like the Sega platform as well. So you'd like you could play Golden Axe, you could play Altered Beast Two. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Um, I've got Narc. Narc was um, the first of a bunch of controversial games to come from Midway. Uh, Sega, I think, did a good job of sort of getting their stuff on other platforms, but 
only the stuff they should put on other platforms. So you you could get those Sega games for the Amiga and the PC, whatever, but not Sonic. Oh no, they kept Sonic. Was if you want Sonic, you come to us. And I, you know, it, I'd be interested if Nintendo started exploring that idea. Like, you know, maybe here's Splatoon Two on the PC, but yeah, if you want Mario, you're coming to the Switch for that. Um, I, I give yeah. helpful hints to Nintendo, who need my help all the time. Of course they do. Of course they do. Otherwise, they're just going to flatline. They they don't know the half of it. I, they need me. They need me. Um, so okay, now. That was so. That was Amiga. Do you go from there to sort of PC? Um, from, from there, I mean, I had a PC, uh, but from from there, like console wise, um, we're talking PS One, right? There. Now, okay, this, this right. So PS One for me, I I didn't like at the time. I In I was. Fact- I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't buy the PS1 now. Think about it again on the theme of being late. I didn't buy the PS1 until we were at uni together. Do you remember one year I turned up with it? We were at Westfield. So that's, I must, I would have been playing on people because it was quite a portable console. Yeah. So people, so people would have been bringing that round. So in terms of chronology, after the Amiga 500, I wouldn't have owned a console then until the ps2 that i bought when uh, when we were at unique together because i bought the ps2 first and then i bought the ps1 after it see i always thought that ps1 was like yours from back in the day i didn't know you got it at the time no i bought that out in kuwait um on i don't know whatever break it was from from uni right and i have no idea why but I did. Well, that was kind of going to be my next question then, because it, it, I, I have a PS1 here because I hated them at the time. I thought I, I was into PC gaming at the time, which was just light yeah. years ahead of the PS1. Um, and so it just it never caused me to look twice at it. And yet it's the fucking PlayStation. This is a behemoth of a platform that sold tens of millions. And so I went and got one because, again, they're really cheap. And what no one has been able to really point me in the direction of is what are the games to get on the PS1 that are going to show me why it was such an amazing console? I would say, well, I mean, the ones that we played was like the original Tekken or Tekken 2 specifically. Right. Because because of, I think it was the response time. It was such an addictive beat-em-up game. Uh, It was in 3D as well, which was just glorious to look at. I mean, that's one landmark game. I'd say Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider on the PS1 was was incredible as well. And Resident Evil was it with its obnoxious inventory system. Oh, God. But the, but the original Resident Evil was, was one of the first games where you could play it and be like, this is actually, you could feel quite scared. But it just hasn't, I don't know if you could play it now and feel the same way well you you can certainly play the remaster version and feel that way because i did and i did okay um i i got the ps it's the re they've they've made the first game like four or five times and it's the the latest version of it on the ps4 and i'd I'd never played it before and it did scare the shit out of me especially the first time 
a, a zombie jumps out at you, even though that moment is so famous in gaming and I've seen it a thousand times and knew that there was a monster around that corner, I, I screamed like a little baby when it happened. And then you go to save your game and it's like, and you can only save like this so many times when the moon's full and it's Thursday and you're like, uh, fuck off. I, I want to save the game. And I got fed up with that very quickly. I used to have to carry the separate memory cards as well, didn't you? Couldn't, could you save without a memory card? No. No. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I forgot about the existence of, I mean, they're just SD cards now, aren't they? They've been replaced with. I don't think we really have anything like that anymore. In, no, I mean, I mean you've got your, your internal and you've got cloud saves and stuff, but I think you could do it on, you could do it on the Wii. I, t- I, I tell yeah, I tell a lie. There's a micro SD card in my Switch okay. that, that, that does have a mic. That is its main storage is micro SD, um, which has its pros and its cons, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you used to have to have all the different memory cards and shit like that. I I would love to know statistics from CEX the number of people who buy consoles and then come back in an hour later and buy a memory card. Because yeah. I've done it at least three times. And that's I, me. It was going to a mate's house and like remembering to take the game with you, but forgetting to take your memory card and be like, ah, shit. You didn't have any of your saved games at all. And, and you then, have to start from the beginning. And then I was reminded of the fun of corrupted memory cards. I've never had this. Like, was this a thing? It's, it was a thing. Like sometimes for no reason a memory card might become corrupted and everything on there is just, then just dead. Oh, that, that, that sounds like AIDS. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, it happened to me a, a couple of months ago with one of mine, did a little bit of reading up on it. And it, it, what I found out was if you can just reformat the memory card, they're actually fine. But in a software update, Sony removed the functionality to format memory cards from all of the PlayStations. So if it happens, you just have to throw it away and get a new one. There's nothing you can do. Jesus. But that's memory cards for you. There's a reason we got away from them, I think. Oh, and they were must have been expensive to manufacture as well. Oh, yeah. They, they weren't cheap. They weren't Mind cheap you, I imagine the plastic casing is probably more expensive than the chip. And there's an alarming amount of space in them as well, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking specifically of the PS1 um, memory cards now, where they, they were they were a chunk, weren't they? I mean, easily the size of, an, well, about half the size of an iPod Nano. Something like that, yeah. And thicker, <laughs> twice as Much thick. Much thicker. Apple wouldn't make a phone that was as thick as a, a PlayStation 1 memory card. No, jeez. Um, but yeah, they're terrible, terrible things. And that persisted all the way up to sort of, it, it wasn't till the Xbox 360 PS3 era that I think we yeah. truly got rid of those. Because uh, I had one for my original Xbox, even though that had its own hard drive inside. Uh, but that was something like a six gig hard drive, mm. which is, well, might as well not <laughs> exist now. That, you know? it's, well, it's the... That 286 I was telling you about earlier, the one I played Wing Commander on, that had a 48 megabyte hard drive. (laughs) It's just just (laughs) funny, isn't it? It really is. 48 meg. I've got got like MP3s that are bigger than that. I think I've got still images that are bigger than that. (laughs) 
you know bizarre how things change so ps2 games then really that's okay so ps2 what did we have because we had a lot we started with oni i think that which was one of its flagship kind of games and it was just i just remember being bored by it and we didn't play it that much bouncer we played bouncer and a lot a lot of people liked that but i was quite into it i don't remember bouncer exactly uh i think the one you're waiting for me to say though is time splitters aren't you that certainly was a game that we spent more than a few hours in front of to say you know, God, now, i'd I, kind of I, forgotten about it to be honest with you i was i was waiting for you to see say gta and tony hawks oh of course gta because i was thinking like i can only think of one ps2 game and 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 lots of hours because it had the music player and it was a dvd player as well just hours and hours of watching that cube spin around slowly oh god it got some hammer that machine it, yeah, it must it was, have just been on 24 7 because we used it for dvds we used it to play games we used it for playing music yeah it was constantly on gta so that would have been gta four three, three. really i've got yeah. that again i've got that on my ipad gta three <laughs> that when when shit got real when they suddenly oh. went here's third person view uh all right okay yeah oh uh i don't think i owned that i think somebody else bought because then we, we were into this you talk about this weird thing of playing consoles that you didn't own. Yeah. I had this weird thing of, of people buying of games. I didn't own yeah. people buying games to play on my console. GTA three was mine. Ah, as was see, I knew I hadn't paid for it. Yeah. And then I got vice city as well. Fuck. Um, yeah. Both in PS2 versions for your PS2. Very odd, but it's, <laughs> it's what we did. It's that's, what we did. That's that is weird. So what else was there? Because all I remember is Time Splitters and just think right. and us playing it for hours. In fact, when we weren't playing GTA 3 or when we weren't watching someone else play GTA 3, we were playing Time Splitters. That's all I can remember. Right. The other big one, I think, was Tony Hawk's 3. And again, I was never into that. That wasn't my game either. I, th- I think it was Craig's. Yeah, I think it was. Wipeout. And Wipeout. Wipeout 2049. I, I sort of, it, it's odd. I sort of remember different combinations of people associated with different games. So <clears throat> Wipeout, that was you and Craig. Yeah. Time Splitters was generally me and Tom and whoever else wandered into the room. That's because most of the time it wasn't even to play the game. It was just to sit down and watch the shittest person in the world play Time Splitters. Yeah. And that was, that was Tom. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then let's see. So Tony Hawk's was Craig and that would be another one that would sort of invite over weirdly another 30 people to the house. Yeah. That would be Frank and, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. And I I think that game did especially well because of its two minute timer. It's it's built in. You get two minutes when that's up, give the controller to the guy next to you and people would just sit there for days on end playing tony hawk's pro skater 3 right but again i never really played it it wasn't not one i no, got I into couldn't do it. i couldn't do it at all i really couldn't i'm embarrassed to think i I'm embarrassed that i can't think of another ps2 game because i you know i bought the console for a reason and loved it and like i said you know 
both agree that it it never stopped being punished by somebody. You just think, what the hell I ever played on it? I mean, Wipeout, have you had Craig on the show? Not yet, no. So, I mean, I'm going to ruin the story now, which is that Craig got to, but Craig's, he, I think he still owns a PS2 and he bought a copy of Wipeout 2049 because we never completed it. It just got to the point where it was just impossibly hard because, you know, the ships were hovering as well. So that your how they cornered was very difficult and you could oversteer quite easily. And if you oversteered your, your jet plane, whatever the hell it was, racer would stop dead and it would take ages to accelerate again it was just one of those things where it was a it was a difficult difficult game yeah uh, so you you also you'd look in awe if you were watching somebody playing it well oh and it had a slamming soundtrack as well didn't it because it was like a chemical brothers soundtrack so it was the only game where you could hear like proper decent beat music yeah it was quite like well. being in some sort of ibiza bar as you played it yeah 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 i guess so like it was you never heard that type of music represented in in gaming no um so anyway craig bought it and he we he got to the point where he he completed it it had taken him weeks and weeks you know of just sweat tears swearing rage quitting you know and everything and eventually beat the game and then discovered that you could actually buy upgrades for the ship oh my god we had, it, we, in fact, it was our, he'd continued with our saved game from uni. So we had millions of dollars from all the races that we played and won. We'd never spent it, never upgraded the engines, the air brakes, weaponry, nothing. But <laughs> 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 we had no idea that there was a shop where you could buy upgrades for the ship. No wonder we got trounced constantly. Do you know what? I can't laugh too hard because I I sort of have sort of have done the exact same thing this week. Oh lord! In playing Tell Bayonetta, um, okay. I I got so far, and just that was it. Nothing I could do. It, it, it suddenly I had the, I, I was it was like a small child playing a game instead of a grown man. It, it was embarrassing how awful I was at this game and how hard it was. And I, I just happened to watch some YouTube reviews of it. And you're like, hang on, she's using a different... You can buy weapons? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, there are, there are health upgrades. Oh, I see. And then, so yeah, I made it like halfway through the game before I realized, yeah, she can use bigger weapons and all that sort of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I think we just don't pay enough attention during the introduction sequences and things like that. Because yeah, then now every introduction sequence is a tutorial as well to show you how like how Bambi should stand. Exactly. And I'm just like, yeah, I know how games work. Come on. And yeah, so there's loads of games I own and have played for hours that I don't know anything about, really. I used to read the manuals. I used to read them. I've never and- read the manuals. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's how oh, it worked. Used to be the first thing I did whenever I got, like, for example, the Game Boy. Oh, that's the on switch. Oh, that's the screen. You know, something <laughs> you could you could tell, but I might have missed out on something. Well, that's true. But, you know, now you don't get, well, you don't get the manuals and the tutorial might not cover the shop. Exactly. The shop and upgrades part. Well, clearly it didn't do a good enough job of it in Bayonetta. I can tell you that much. Um <laughs> So I think some of the other games we'd have played around the time were Xbox games. 
Like, yes, see, Rich had the Xbox in, not you, Rich, the other Rich. The, with, there were Little two, Rich. and we sort of, they hovered oh, around. Yours, yours hovered in your bedroom, which is how sturdy would be in there. Yeah. Playing Halo, because somebody else would be playing. Okay, so uh, games around that time, then obviously, obviously, Fusion Frenzy. The only time what? in my life I've enjoyed a, air quote, party game. Yeah, I just so addictive and had that weird feature whereby you could play, or it was a new feature whereby you could play your own soundtrack to it as well. That was so any. That that was sorry, a big Xbox thing because it had yeah. that hard drive. You could rip a CD to it and then make that CD soundtrack. Yeah. So any, if you wanted to change the soundtrack of a game, you could put on whatever it was that you'd recorded, um, which for us was Fabric Live, Live 9, Jacques Decant, which we played to death. In fact, I can't, I, I find it weird playing Fusion Frenzy without that soundtrack. I, and I've got it. I've I bought it every, every incarnation I, I can. I've bought myself a copy of it. Yeah, it is weird without that, that music. What's even weirder is that music ended up here. I don't know how I ended up with that, but it's in my CD drawer. That but, is weird. But there you go. But Fusion, Fusion I, Frenzy was a was a big game for the Xbox, and Halo was the other one, wasn't it? Halo was the other one, but I I do think we got more mileage out of Fusion Frenzy because of that four players. Just you need two buttons to play this game, and yep. you know everyone was battered anyway. So two buttons and perhaps left and right was all we could manage. And that whole, and the competition aspect of it always helps. Yes, it did. It did. And there there was lots of shouting and swearing at each other as well. It was kind of, it was like almost like the Mario Kart in terms of people like getting the players to interact with each other, albeit with a limited vocabulary. It it reminded me a lot of something like Mario Kart. No, just a sheer frustration and rage. That has reminded me, Micro Machines. <gasps> micro Machines! Oh, Lord! That was it! That was it! Yeah. Oh, my God! Which console, though? Which that console was, was that? That was like? a PS2 game, I think. Oh, Micro Machines! Because you, you had the multi-block for the four controllers. That was <sighs> it. I feel like I feel like there's been a part of my brain, like an itch that I've not been able to scratch <laughs> this whole time we've been talking. That's what it was. What a game! Yeah. What an addictive game. Oh uh, God, we spent some hours on that. I believe it was Micro Machines V4, from what the internet is telling uh, me here. Because I got again, got it on the iPhone, but it's it's riddled with micropayments. Oh, I downloaded I saw they'd brought it out and uh, downloaded it and then never played it. Um, yeah, it's just so, so... Oh, it's, like, it's like herpes. Yeah, I don't like the microtransaction shit. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, but yeah, Micro Machines, that was, that was another one. Oh, that's, I feel so good. I feel like I'm, I'm on the ink <laughs> taller. Yes! What a game. Just the, the incredible, so much thought that had gone into designing all the courses. And then you know that more than once we got battered and you'd be resting, like your head resting on the kitchen table, looking at the mess that was on it. <laughs> and some dickhead would go, normally Craig, to be fair, would go, so he'd like, oh, mate, this would make a wicked micro machines course. <laughs> and you're laughing because you know it's true. Absolutely. 
and oh. then you, everyone starts looking at it that exact same way and planning out and all that. Oh. I remembered another one, SSX. <laughs> SSX. Oh, yes, again. That was a good one just to for showing off combos. It well, was a you, good one for people to watch. Yeah, you were good at that. I could never do it. And having bought them all again for my PS2, I still can't do it and have given up. <laughs> that had it, That was another one, but that was that had its own soundtrack that was brilliant as well because now we're getting into the – I mean, game – there's a whole subculture of uh, people who listen to, to game music, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but you're now crossing with the PS1 – we're crossing into the realms of starting to get, well, you've got CD quality music. Um, so we're getting, I'm trying to say, we're starting to get music that's orchestral music composed for games as well. Well, it's more like, and I, I hesitate to use this phrase, but I, I hope people know what I mean when I say proper music. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, okay I, it, yeah, I get it, what you're saying. it wasn't a midi file being run and interpreted by the the console it wasn't a, somebody at the game company's interpretation of that popular track of music that we all knew it was the yeah. actual track suddenly because you could put that on a cd and so yeah i I know obviously whatever music is music there's what's proper music and all that i just mean i think i've been clear yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. Oh, this is. I've, I just had this where it said PS2. There was just a, a big question mark, and now I've got games scribbled all around it. Micro machines. Oh, I now want to get. I need. I want to get together just to play that. Is it as good as I remember it being? I bet it is. I think it actually is. You know. Yeah. Oh. But only as a four-player experience. And I. Do you know what? I keep seeing these games that are. Not just multiplayer, but much more sort of party type games for f- three, four players, and it ma- it really makes me miss being a student. And you sort of realise, surely the only people playing these are students, because no other, no adults have this in have like, oh, I'll get three of my mates around and we'll all just play games all night. It's like, no, we're grown ups now. Nothing fun happens, so it, it must all just be students, and it just it makes must be. Students and kids. Yeah, and it just makes me sad, and I try to ignore them now. Um, oh, I weep for these days. This is a really nostalgic. This is this talk's taking me places that I'd forgotten about. <laughs> me too. It's it's but very Lord. good. It's very good. Uh, I'm just trying to remember some good Xbox stuff from the time. Dead or alive. Not that it was good, but we played it because it had the booby bouncing. Exactly. But that, yeah, that was a PS2 game as well. The AOA and 2. And gest- I'm actually gesturing with my hands. But I think it was actually better on the Xbox. They've made some I great strides why. with boob physics in recent years, apparently. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. It's something I no longer take a keen interest in. It's something, well, I never, but um, yeah, I remember a couple of weeks ago on Gaming News, we did a story about. Uh, what might even be the latest edition of Dead or Alive and how the better (laughs) if you had one of the higher end graphics cards it was going to do some better boob physics and so you would get more boob bouncing if you had a a better graphics card to play the game with guys you know there's porn online right just 
if you want to see boobs, you can see actual boobs for free. So <laughs> stop wanking over computer games. That's not right. No, <laughs> it's not. Mind you, the, the same people were the ones that wanted to see Lara Croft naked and shit like that. It's just... It's like, they're not real women, guys. They're, they're yeah. just drawings. Just drawings. And not even good ones. Though. I mean, you know, the original... <laughs> I'm well, paraphrasing, but to be fair, like the original Lara Croft, Croft looked, I mean, she was texture map polygons in the early generations. So, I mean, she looked like she'd been rendered in fuzzy felt. Absolutely. With her triangular boobs and all yeah, that stuff. So, so pointy. Um, as we talk, I'm just trying to find a list of Xbox games just in the hope that I'll be reminded of something. I think we actually, I got more mileage out of the Xbox after uni. Okay. I, I kind of feel, um, cause I never saw another one after uni. That was it. That mm. was the only time I've ever seen. I, d I don't believe they sold it. I believe Microsoft made one console, sold it to us <laughs> and that was it. And then moved on to, uh, moved on to the 360. It wasn't long after that the 360 came out, to be honest. But do you remember? Do you remember? See, now Microsoft is a name synonymous with gaming. And before the Xbox, it wasn't at all. Do you remember there was so much doubt as to whether Microsoft could actually pull it off? Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, what do they think they're doing? Yeah, and like they're going to fuck this up. It's Microsoft. They're going to, it's going to be awful. Not forgetting that, you know, Sony only a few years ago had had done well, exactly had, the same thing well, yeah they'd had absolutely they'd had no track record in games whatsoever it's hard to believe that the ps1 launched with a decent set of games um but you know what what did what happened microsoft turned up and said oh here's the console you'll love it oh and here's halo bang and that was all they needed and everyone lost their shit over halo and i don't know why because it's boring as fuck but in terms of like playability, it's right up there. Oh, it was it was miles ahead of anything we'd had before. And do you know, looking back and and looking at the the things the games I've managed to find recently, there is nothing on the PS2 that comes close to it. No, um, I can I actually in terms of graphic graphics and stuff like that, I would agree because all I'm thinking of is time splitters, and that's not a patch in terms of how it looked. I can remember that wasn't a patch on Halo on the Xbox. And the, there were little things in the AI as well. I seem to remember it was the first time you throw a grenade at a bad guy and it would realize, scream and run away. Oh, the little like... Yeah. Or, or things would jump out, shoot at you and then hide again. And that doesn't happen in Doom. That doesn't happen in Quake. It was, it was really like you're fighting a real thing for the first time. Mm. And uh, I think that's what did it. I think that, yeah, that helped the Xbox along no end. And that it, Halo was the game that sold the Xbox to me. Yeah, uh, it was the game that sold the Xbox to many people. Um, but do you know, though, I still have fond memories of playing Halo 2 as we were doing all the Port 11 media stuff and getting it hooked up in hotels and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't, I don't so much miss that part of it, but yeah. Um. So after this, we take there's a there's a jump, which right. is we go to a, there's no more consoles for a while, and then it's the Wii. Right. 
Don't remember. So yeah, you had a Wii. Okay. I bought a Wii very late. Uh, again, like after um, it was after I'd seen because you had you had the double you had Wii sixty. We did. Yeah, Alison bought a Wii. I bought the Xbox. Yeah, and I played Wii boxing for for hours and hours and hours at your place, and was just blown away jaw on the floor astounded with uh gears of war with the graphics on gears of war oh yeah yeah and i played I, I i could not believe it and i think you took such delight in seeing the look on my face <laughs> as well well it was 300 Just, quid well spent then oh yeah totally but also this was the the xbox then became the long or xbox and play playstation 3 became the longest console generation didn't they yeah by by a long shot because it was eight i think it's about eight years that generation lasted and no generation before that had been had lasted that long just looking it up so that was the seventh console generation um and according to wikipedia which again google has not i'm having some google issues on this browser here let's see seventh generation of video consoles can we get a rough date on that no not without me reading it. oh wait 2005 for xbox discontinued in now wikipedia is being mean to me but i mean x360 though is still like alive and well and i made a point i got where i've had like a couple of them um over the years but when I moved down to, to London two years ago, uh, somebody was giving one away. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'll take it off your hands. Of course I will. And I this, it's the first time I've realized, and I don't know why it's taken me so long to realize this, but games are, are kind of like are the same as films and books in terms of a good game is still a good game. It doesn't matter whether you buy it when it first comes out. Oh, yeah. You know, or whether you pay. So I've had the joy of going into CEX and being able to pick up, you know, just loads of Xbox games that I've really wanted for a fiver at a time and playing the living shit out of them and finding that, you know, because there's so many that I missed. There's so many. Um, But, you know, getting to play Gears of War again, uh, Arkham Asylum is one of the greatest games ever, period, in history of man it is a very good game but i loved that that is probably the most immersive game i've ever played i think because i loved i mean free flow free flow combat is basically just quick time events almost like you you're just pressing the same button button mashing once you get the rhythm and it's still impossible to do i can't get a combo over 40 it's one of those things that frustrates me as to why I can't be perfect at it. Exactly. Why you can't be perfect every time as well. Cause I see videos of <coughs> kids on YouTube who sound like their balls haven't dropped and they're just like, Oh yeah, here's how you do Here's how you do, you know, the 80 combo watch. It's like, are oh, you bastard? Yeah. And that, that has spread through other games, that feeling. I mean, is it shadow of Mordor? Uh, the Lord of the Rings <laughs> game that I, I played. I love that. It, it's the same thing. It's the same combat, and you, it is, you know, yeah. you just wait. You hit the thing, and when it when it's going to hit you, it'll flash blue. So press the X button, and you're like, okay, I can do that. And then you don't do it. You th- what the fuck is wrong with me? What? <laughs> it said press the. I saw the thing. I went to press, and I didn't do it. Why am I? Am I a moron? What the hell is going on? So, yeah. <laughs> 
That was good. I did, that was a good game as well, Shadow of Mordor. I kind of gave up on it. It got oh, a bit, really? Com- yeah, no, I, I completed again, it, it. It's one I've come to late, and it it just felt a bit grindy. But yeah, I, I can I I can appreciate what's good about it. It's just other. It came to me sort of 2017-ish, so it was... Up. Okay, yeah. That, well, then again, that's what I, that I played it last year as well. Yeah, it was just up against some fierce competition last year mm. uh, for my time. Um, but yeah, I've, I've developed this attitude of PS4 games. Can't wait to play them in 10 years. Okay. You know, because there are lots, and I, I want them all, and I can't have them all because I'm not <laughs> fucking Richard Branson. So... I have to wait till they're all cheap, and they will be one day. And I realize, of course, they will. I'll enjoy them all just as much then as I will yeah. today. So, yeah, it's true. If they're good, if they if they were good games, then you know they'll still be good. So, uh, yeah, I've just been been enjoying playing like all the Arkham's, so Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then the the lesser one, uh, Arkham Origins, which is still all right, but it's just the writing's nowhere near as good. Because those games are not only about the combat, the the writing and the voice acting, because you've got, you know, you're playing with Batman. It's the voice of Kevin Conroy, which just pulls me in so much. And then, of course, you've got Mark Hamill doing the Joker as well. So it's wicked. Like, you know, you get to control, you know, these, the cartoon, the cartoon hero and villain. I, I would like to try the Batman VR game on the PS4. Which yeah, it- I'd be curious. I'd be curious. Have you had a go at all on VR yet? Only, um, only the Star Wars Void. Right. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, it's an experience that's going. I think it's touring the country, uh, which is the best VR I've I've ever experienced. Um, but none. I've not tried any of the actual console stuff. I've never tried. Um, I've never tried PlayStation VR. I've never tried uh, Oculus Rift. Right. Me either. I just it, it's it's reached a point where it's intriguing to me. And so it should be, yeah, because it's it's only going to get better. But the the thing that will make the huge difference is when when you get like a little a little any direction treadmill. You know, what yeah. I mean? you remember when you used to get like the dance dance revolution mats and stuff, yeah, which I'm yeah. sure neither of us ever played, but we know they existed. You know, you just want like a square meter on the floor that can move in any direction, and then then that's it. That's pretty much full immersion. It really is, isn't it? Because then you can stop us walking into walls and hitting people in the face with controllers and shit like that. Because um, it screws it screws my brain up. Like when I went to Vo- – well, Void was clever because Void has – if you imagine you – imagine you've got like a, a corridor layout in the game. Yeah. Yeah? Um, so it's got full texture map walls. You know, it's, it's, a full three, it's a full 3D experience, right? Now imagine that you build a physical course – of corridors that match the course in the game. Okay. Right. So it's not, it's not augmented reality. It's like full blown VR. But when you walk forward, you are physically walking down a corridor that matches the corridor, the distance and width of the corridor in the game. So then when you lean out and touch a wall in the game, you physically feel the wall against your hand. Okay. And that, that was insane. And because it was Star Wars, of course, there's no handrails anywhere. Do you remember that joke of all I want yeah. is a handrail? <laughs> yeah. So, like, my, I had to walk across a gantry that I imagine was probably 
there okay at this point there isn't actually a gantry you've got a proper floor but um in the game it's a gantry and it's probably about half a meter wide two meters long and a million feet up in the air and all like <laughs> we're getting shot at and because we're we're walking you know gantry off whatever platform we're on onto a waiting ship and i've got mish behind me going like what's wrong with you and i'm like i'm okay I'm okay. <laughs> just, like, just, just give me a, just give me a second, and actually have to take a breath and go and put one foot in front of the other to walk across because my brain's going. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. It's it was just incredible. Like no motion sickness, nothing like that. Because uh, that's the barrier for a lot of people, isn't it? The, yeah. The, and and I could see how that could make you feel extremely ill. But if yeah, if you just get that little bit of floor that moves to stop us tripping over shit. It's think about the process of power that we have now that we didn't have the first time in the nineties when we tried to do it. I say we, it's nothing to do with us, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like as a human, we as the human race, of course. And so in a couple of years, mm, well, I will keep an eye on it. I mean, they kind of it, things like this always come down to the, the game support as Microsoft, course, yeah. as Microsoft found out with the connect and damn it if they haven't actually brought out a lot of games that seem really cool like i do want starfleet bridge commander um, of course you do of co- of like, course. I, of first course you fucking do. game they show me here's you sat on the bridge of the enterprise oh you bastards now i need that uh yeah. and then fallout 4 vr version doom vr which i can only assume actually gives you ptsd <laughs> um and and the resident evil game that that just looks terrifying and for hours of fun look up youtube videos of people playing these games or best yet better yet people's nans playing these games because oh god it's just hilarious um so i it's gonna happen one day i suppose but not yet not yet yeah, but it's getting, it's definitely getting there. It's definitely yeah. getting there, isn't it? What else was fantastic on I mean, there's so eight years of games on the 360. Like, just so many good games, and I can't think of a single one right well, now. Well, you get into sort of the, the larger franchises that are still around. So things like your Call of Duty's came along. Your oh, of course. Assassin's yeah, Creed. I'm still playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, what? There's Star. There's quite a few Star Wars games, aren't there? But uh, what was the one that actually had a story to it? Jedi Knight. No, 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 not Jedi. And I'm thinking of Jedi Apprentice. They all start with Jedi something. Um, I nearly said Dark Forces. Then (laughs) Dark Forces. Oh dear. Anyway, lots of Star Wars games. Lots and lots of Star Wars games. But mainly the Batman games are what I, 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 Batman and Call of Duty, play Call of Duty, um, Mish and I like to play survival. Is that the zombie thing? No, well, there's zombies on one of them, but like on, I think on Call of Duty, Infinite Weapons, Maximum, MacBook Pro 3, uh, it's, um, it's just like loads of different maps where you survive as long as you can. And we probably play that at, I don't know five. We'll have at least one game a night. I'd say. Wow. Normally, just to try and because it's something we love playing together, and just to see if we can beat. Like we've got high scores on every level, and just to see if we can survive one more round. We, we Alison and I, have trouble playing together. Oh, we love it. We've got um. There's some there's some great stuff out, but I mean, we're moving on to the Xbox 
moving on to the Xbox One then, which is what I'm currently running the 360 and the, the Xbox One next to it, uh, which I got bought as a birthday present. So, you know, awesome. Um, but we've been finding, because Mission and I do play quite well together and we enjoy, we enjoy co-op games. So we've been looking at, you know, trying to play the best co-op games that are available. And one of them is Overcooked. Have you heard about this? We have Overcooked. Yeah. Right. There's nothing you can explain. Like, if you're trying to explain it to somebody else, there's no way you can explain it that makes it sound fun. It's like, well, basically, you're cooking in a restaurant, and one of you prepares the meat, well, one of them prepares the <laughs> onions, and you're like, yeah, fuck off. That just sounds like, that sounds awful. Why would you play this game? Um, because it's so addictive. It really is if, good. If you set yourself you know, the, the requirement in order for us to move on, we have to get three stars on a level and then it becomes incredibly addictive. I think we set ourselves that standard and then just abandoned it the first time we didn't get three stars on a level. <laughs> um, Fair enough. We tend to do better with competitive games, um, which, which spawn fewer arguments, but then you have the problem of, well, one of us always wins then and the other is a sore loser. So they never gone much further. We've had one game yeah. of Mario Kart, and that's oh. our thing. <laughs> it's just because yeah. we're both petty people and enjoy different <laughs> types of games. Um, you know, she's much more Assassin's Creedy than me. Yes, and that, yes, that kind of thing. Um, I tried to get her onto and Shadow of Mordor, but sneaky and stabby. Yeah, whereas I'm not. I don't know what I'm into at the moment, to be honest. There's there's so many big things out there that I've been playing through. So, yeah, I don't even know what my desire, best type of game is these days. So, how do you, how do you find your Xbox One then? And once I've learned how to navigate the fucking menu system, <laughs> good God, that made me feel old and angry. Um, I I adore it. I absolutely adore it. It's it's a great console. Uh, you know, managed to all my purchases, uh, all my Xbox purchases from online are available. We use it for like it's, it's used as an entertainment center as well, like we did with the the 360. Like we're all we use it for Netflix and Amazon Prime and YouTube as well. Like anything that that could benefit from a large screen, and it's just a a great bit of hardware. Cool. Again, and I, and I had the same thing. I had the same thing. Oh, the, the same feeling when I booted up the Xbox One for the first time as I did when I saw your 360 years ago, which is, again, just like, oh, my God, like the step in graphics is just, you know, had me rubbing my eyes going. Like, there's certain points where you can't – I can't tell if this is real or not. And it's playing stuff like, you know, Star Wars Battlefront. There's moments in that game where the rendering's photorealistic. And for someone who's a Star Wars nut like me, it's just a joy to behold. Yeah. Well, that's that's it, good. I, I must admit, I've become increasingly more interested in the Xbox One in recent months since they've started really pushing the backwards compatibility stuff. Because yeah. e even though, I mean, even though I've got the original hardware here, for for the other two xboxes if they're doing stuff like upgrading graphics to hd levels and stuff like that which it seems they are yeah that is an attractive proposition yeah definitely i mean the companies like microsoft and and you know and sony and stuff i've got to accept the fact the backwards compatibility is a thing they've got to make it work people 
especially, especially if they're trying to do the same thing with consoles as they are with fucking handsets for phones, you know, and give it an upgrade every three years. I think that eight year gap was too much for them. Yeah, I really do. So they're trying to push the hardware that little bit each time. Um, and I, I'm not sure if that's going to work. I mean, I'd like to think it won't, but, you know, it's humanity, so somebody somewhere will pay. Um, but as long as they're giving us the backwards compatible stuff, then I think people will be happy to kind of, to move, maybe not as often as they would like, but well, I think it might sp- speed up people's purchasing power. Have you tried at all the, and I can't remember what it's called now, the Xbox, the, the streaming game service? that is part of it no no i haven't and i forget what it's called there's no games on there that interest me but right. when there are it would be something i'd be interested in definitely i've had a go with the playstation one uh, okay because there's like a week's free trial and it was i mean it's basically on live which right. you, you'll remember was the yeah. an early attempt at this yeah. Um, and the technology is the same and it, it really is good, but it all comes down to your internet connection. And mm. while it worked pretty well for me, I was still aware that it was not running on that console. Uh, cause there's, there's one for Mac now as well. NVIDIA have done one for, for yeah, people yeah. on the, the OS platform who want to game, but again, it's totally dependent on bandwidth. I mean, I'm actually signed up for the beta on the NVIDIA one. Uh, oh, really? I don't have it yet. I'm on the list. Okay. I, I will occasionally get an email from them saying, hey, you're on the list. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I know I am. When are you going to bring it out? But um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a way forward. And it, it's especially with things like back, backwards compatibility, it really helps things along. Yeah, because then they don't have to worry. They're not going to have to worry as much about hardware, are they, at all? Because it's it's rewriting the code to match the new hardware that's the issue. Well, they, they've yeah, so they've got a compute. They've got their own PS3 somewhere that's running that game, and it's being streamed to you over the internet. So <clears throat> yeah, because like for example, when I with the with the Xbox One, when I open up Fusion Frenzy, it shuts down and reboots pretty much. It boots an emulator, a three three hundred and sixty emulator. Yeah in order to play so yeah so it's just going to avoid having to do any of that and it's going to mean that their entire back catalog will become available and then i mean talk about the legacy that the consoles leave behind them and the amount of games i mean that's so attractive it really is and for a night you know a nice monthly fee i think that the playstation one is something like 12.99 yeah that doesn't break the bank that's fine um it's you know, it, it could be a way forward, but again, we need better infrastructure of internet because it, Sony have done all they can to make that as good an experience as possible. The, mm. It boiled down to the ping time on my internet connection and that sort of thing. So it, it's unfortunately, it's not down to the gaming companies to make the experience any better right now like that. No, so, no, it's, it's, yeah. I need it's my, always been down to BT or Virgin to to actually start replacing copper wires with fiber. Yeah, I need my uh, gigabit Ethernet internet, and then we'll be fine. That's all that's needed. I have to give a shout-out to a game, though, as just going back to uh, working like in co-op. Have you heard or played, uh, played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time? 
I've heard of it, but I haven't played it. So this we've just finished, um, and we this <clears throat> was the source of much shouting, mainly from me. Um, you've got there's a spaceship. Uh, which is very, it reminds me, in fact, it reminds me the way it flies of, of Jet Set Willy on the, the NES. I, it's just like, it, it feels like the, sh- the ship has a proper weight to it. Right. So um, whenever you try and move, you can feel it getting over its own inertia. Okay. Well, that's by the by. Um, there's five stations that need to be manned. So the, oh, four and six, this is how bad my mass is. Four, hang on. <laughs> I think there's seven stations that need to be manned. There's four guns. There's the engines, the shields, and the special. Right. What's that? Is that four, five, six? I think it's seven stations. And only two of you. I see. And that's the game. So you're being attacked by, like, you know, you're being attacked by alien ships and stuff, and you have to run from one to the other. But if you're both on the guns, then nobody's on the engines and you're not moving. Or if you, you know, if one of you, if one of you's on the guns and one of you's on the engine, you might need to move the shield around to the other side of the ship. So it's really cool. You're just running from, you're running frantically to try and survive. That sounds pretty cool, actually. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. Um, so that was well, well, that's like twelve quid, which for a game now is nothing compared to you know we're paying we're paying upwards of seventy pounds for some of the new games, yeah. which is insane. You know, when and we've not even got onto the whole the scandal that was, you know, Battlefront Two. Well, and, I've, and, I've just kind of st- stayed away from games like that. Um, but it's it's increasingly more difficult to do that on the main, on the sort of on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Well, the difficulty is um, is now now because we caught up you actually have to like, if, if I want to go back and play some, get some 360 games, I'm not missing out on anything. I can go, I can just pick up a game and that's it. But now because we've caught up, you're looking at it going, okay, I can't buy this game now. I have to wait two or three years and then it'll be down to like a tenner. So you are physically missing out at that moment in time. And that's why it's harder now. Well, also the, the prevalence of them, um, that there just seems to be it's all about the fucking loot boxes and dlc and season passes and games as a service and all that shit and i kind of just like buying a game and playing it yeah this is i think if i'm paying 70 quid for a fucking game the game's finished i'm taking it home it works there's no patches you know that's that's it and the season pass thing is just is annoying as hell uh, I haven't, you know, DLCs, I think DLCs, it's a gift, quite frankly. Like if, if they want to give it to you, that's fine. If you want to pay for it, that's fine. But I don't expect it. Like it's not something I expect I have to have. Yeah, I think the way, game publishers have been increasingly moving into the area of, of making things DLC that shouldn't be DLC. I mean, yes, got, I was just about to say that. I mean, what is it? The new... Uh, metal gear survival game you're paying ten dollars for a second save slot in the game Christ. um you know it's it, it's shit like that really mm-hmm. um so yeah that was yeah, a it, kind of incomplete <laughs> incoherent thought 
to be perfectly you know, honest. I, not- I noticed it uh, again with, with Battlefront. I noticed, I was like, there's, there's not that many levels on this. And then you look at the DLC and just think, I could think of about 10 years ago, this would all have been part of the original release. Yeah. And they, they admitted that it probably would have been, which kind of rubs salt in the wound. They, they rushed yeah. that game out to get it to coincide with Force Awakens. And that I didn't know. And so that's why most of the game is DLC. I am Yeah, but but they didn't have to make us pay for it then. <clears throat> no, they didn't, but it's EA, so they did. Did, yeah. Um I'm so I'm so pleased at the the backlash. But it's upset me because, you know, I I tweeted Disney, I tweeted EA, you know, I wrote on forums and stuff like that, and they just think I don't even do that for politicians and I'm that pissed about Star Wars. What's wrong with me? <laughs> but, you know, I refused point blank to buy that game until it came to a reasonable price. Yeah. I, I, the first one or the second one? The second one. Oh, you've got that right. Okay. I've got the first one. I'm waiting. Like I keep, wa- I keep watching like every week the price on uh, to buy it online on Xbox has varied between £57 and £35. And it just keeps going up and down just to try and get people one week and then the other week. And and so I'm just kind of sat there going, if it goes to 30, I'll buy it. If it goes to 30, I'll buy it. And, but it just won't get there. And now, you know, it looks like they might be losing their license. So they've whacked the price right up again because they just want to try and get everything they can for as long as they've, you know, they're going to have the ability to sell it. This is, it's really odd. I'm looking at it on Amazon and it's twenty nine ninety nine on the PS4 and fifty six ninety nine on the Xbox One. Jesus. And I can't imagine Think of a reason why, why. That, that that's insanely weird. Um cuz I I'd, I'd noticed I mean most of the the sort of AAA big games after Christmas plummeted in price cuz no one bought any of them. Uh cuz you had your Battlefront 2 backlash, you had your god what was the Shadow of War backlash. Yeah. Um Anthem not Anthem. Uh God, the other shooter game. Forgotten it already. Destiny, that's it. Right, and, oh, and Destiny they, 2. Yeah. yeah. And and so these games just got decked on over Christmas, which I, I, I believe Nintendo probably owned. It's because when parents parents don't like spending money on computer games, like they don't. They no. really don't. And they've got more and more expense, because they see them as a waste of time in most cases. They're getting more and more expensive, and they don't want to have to shell out more. Again, it's like seventy quid, and then if you're going, if a game's going to pay seventy quid, that's it. Forty quid is too much, quite frankly. Mm. That's I, a, that's a lot of cash. I, I feel so bad for parents of kids who sit playing, you know, FIFA, and then start complaining. I want to buy some in-game currency. I need to buy this player. I need to buy that. I need to buy this other thing. And your parents are sat there thinking, "I've just paid fifty quid for this game." Yeah, why do you really need this player? Is it actually going to make a difference? No. Um, and it's it's must be horrible. Must be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just noticing Metal Gear survives down to 25 quid on Amazon. That game came <laughs> out this week. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there is backlash. There so is what's backlash. The deal, what's the deal with this one? Because I don't know about it. Um, so it's a it's a game Konami have bought out to basically cash in on the Metal Gear name. It is not a sneaky game like a Metal Gear Solid game. It's a sort of zombie survival game. What the fuck? Yeah. And so that in in itself has angered fans that it merely exists. 
you mm. know, uh, it's it's like them putting Star Wars on a game, and it's actually a horse racing game, but it's Star Wars wow. horses, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And on top of that, it's apparently a shit broken game. The, the, it, it doesn't even fucking work it's garbage as a game and on top of that it's so onerous in what it makes you pay for beyond the price of the game it's just fucking obnoxious like I say it's it's a £10 uh, DLC to get a second save slot I mean microtransactions for the phone platform I get it it's a necessary evil I don't like it, but I'll accept it because, you know, you've got to make your money somehow. Fine, but not on the main consoles. Like, And the people are voting. See, this thing with EA and FIFA, they've been able to push it so much because that fan base is it's, you know, ravenous. They want the next thing. They want the players. Yeah. They've got to get how different is FIFA, you know, 2016 from 2017 i'm fucking i doubt it's very different at all apart from the players are wearing different colored sprite tops you know um but whatever they've done that fan base has paid for and they and if i was if i was one of the people in the boardroom making those decisions for the star wars game i would have said yeah you know we can get away with this of course we can do it because we've got a history of getting away with it but it's nice to you know why wouldn't they buy our game and it's nice to see that people have actually started voting with their feet and saying, Do you know what? Don't have to buy your games. Yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting thing it's doing to the industry. I think it's resulting in a big rise in indie developers doing well um, because people are looking for those other games and a good game is a good game. It doesn't matter who, how many people developed it or how many hundreds of millions of dollars was spent on developing it or whatever. Stardew Valley was made by one guy. Mm. Super Meat Boy is made by two, and Super Meat Boy is a brilliant game. Um, And so people are voting not only to not buy these games, but to then buy from indie developers, which is is great. Um, Because it's it's almost harking back to the early days with, you know, the C64 and, and the Spectrum and stuff like that, where pretty much anybody who could program could be a games developer. As long as you could have cassettes copied, yeah, then you could do it, and it it, it is kind of doing that. You're right, um, and I think you know companies like Nintendo treating indie, indies the way they have done, where they they very clearly work on a policy of there is no distinction in their stores between AAA titles and indie games. They really they, they are all games, and so it, it, you, you're shown all kinds of stuff. The the PS4 is not that bothered about showing me because they I were, didn't know that Nintendo had an indie developer platform. I didn't think that would be their thing at all. They fucking love it, and they do so well out of it, so well. It, it's become the the Switch has become the go to platform for indie developers right now. Uh, That's incredible. Things sell just so much better on there. Uh, and so you've seen you've seen people bringing out games on the Switch that, where the Switch version outsells the PS4 and Xbox version combined, and that wow. sort of thing. So it's yeah, it's. it's I had no idea about this. I didn't think that would be their thing at all. So um, that's now making me think. Ooh, what else could I buy? Oh, um, I very much recommend a Switch. So, I, so I, much. I've never actually seen. I've never physically seen one being played. 
I've only seen them like, you know, through the window in CEX taunting me. Yeah, you, 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 you'd like one. You, you but, definitely uh, like one. Speaking like quickly of of games, <laughs> of ge- a game that really didn't need the graphical power of the Xbox One. Um, I played uh, South Park Stick of Truth on the 360, yeah, and then got fractured butthole on the Xbox One. There's no need for that for that to be an Xbox One exclusive at all, considering you know graphically it's just pieces of paper slapped on top of one another. But that is too fantastic. I'm not a massive fan of turn-based combat at all, but the level of detail that's gone into both of those games, especially if you're a fan of South Park, yeah, is is phenomenal. There's so many callbacks. It's this incredible. They've managed to they've managed to be self-referential without being twats, and I've no idea how. <laughs> you know, like, hey, remember when we did this thing? And you don't want to vomit. I don't know how they've done it. It's fucking genius. I didn't get on with Stick of Truth so much, but okay, I hear lots of good things about Fractured Butthole, and I, I appreciate the name very much. So I might yes. check it out at some point. So clever, I. Again, I found myself almost feeling like I was too old when I played Fractured Butthole because the the tutor the the method of play between the two games is very different. And it took me I had a false start with Fractured Butthole because I finished Stick of Truth. It was like right straight into Fractured and I put it down for about two or three months because I found it too complicated. Right. But for some reason suddenly it's just clicked and now I can't see what the problem was. Uh, we're gonna have to wrap things up, mate. Because yeah. I actually have to um, to um, pretend I'm I've been at work I and was gonna, done things. Yeah, I was gonna say it's time to to wrap it up anyway because I think we're pretty much at the end. But there you go. That has been a, a wonderful trip down memory lane or your oh, memory lane. That I no, enjoyed. thank you. That's been that's been so much fun. And there's things we haven't touched on, but it doesn't matter because I can remember Mortal Kombat and Alter Beast. But you know, but I didn't remember Micro Machines. Well, and you know, there you go. I, th- I think some people are, are maybe gonna have to do like a second appearance at some point. So. You know, nothing. It, it, you can always come back one day. Oh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And I'm obviously now going to plug my new show as well. Absolutely. Um, so if you, uh, you want to hear myself and my friend Chris Ball talk films, pop culture, and literally nothing else, you can find us on Simply Syndicated. And we're releasing every other Monday morning just to try and make – you know, that start of the week, a little bit less shitty. Let us brighten your walk to work or your train ride to work. There it is. And the show's called what's in, what's in the Box. That would uh, have helped, wouldn't it? It is. It yeah. would. I'd have mentioned that I, first, but, you know. I was just, that's reading, I was just like, fucking going through that thinking, I am nailing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, whoops. Say the name of the show. There, the that's show, it. The name, yeah, that's it. What's in the Box. It's worth pointing out. I'm also currently re-releasing all of uh, movies you should see and make it so, so we can be heard all over the place. You and I <sighs> talking absolute drivel. That's terrifying. I had to put a warning on the front of the movies you should see and make it so episodes. Yeah, I've I've Have seen it. And it? To be yeah. fair, when I re- when I, re- I was like, nah, that's fair to be honest. It's like, yeah, I've, I I I know I've said some horrible stuff that I wouldn't dare say now. Um, <laughs> so. That is, it's it's more for me than anybody else. 
Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there you go, everybody. You can check that out. And so don't forget as well, you can subscribe to Simply Everything and get ad-free versions of this show and all the other shows as well on a special secret podcast feed just for Simply Everything subscribers. And also we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash simply syndicated. So thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Tristan. And I'll be back another time with somebody else. Bye-bye.